Hello, friend. In episode one, I shared six challenges I have uncovered from coaching women who serve in churches and nonprofits. Now, this is not an all-inclusive list, but rather some recurring themes that I've heard from the different women I've coached. If you, if you have not listened to episode one yet, I encourage you to do so. In today's episode, I am going to go in-depth about the first challenge I listed, confidence, and what a lack of confidence might look like in ministry, small business, or nonprofit. In later episodes, we'll dive deeper by exploring why you may not have confidence and what you can do to get it. That's right, just because you don't have confidence now or you don't feel confident in a certain area does not mean you can't do something about that. Confidence is a foundational leadership skill. It's like building a house. We all like to talk about the beautiful house, the facade, the interiors, the finishes, but if that beautiful-looking house is not built on a solid foundation, serious problems are going to become obvious. It's just a matter of time. I want to help you build a solid foundation upon which your leadership can stand tall. So the first foundational skill I'm going to talk about on this podcast is confidence. Let's be real. There are areas in which I have zero confidence. But I also have zero desire to increase my confidence in those areas. For example, I cannot play golf. I don't know how. I also don't want to learn, and I have zero confidence to even try. I'm just not interested. I think I can live a full life without ever playing a game of golf. But I am often called upon to do public speaking, to teach a class, or develop and present at a women's retreat or workshop. And those opportunities require a measure of confidence. And in my line of work, those are important things to know how to do. So I've had to work to increase my confidence in those areas. So are you ready to think about those areas in which you don't feel confident, but you wish you did? Let's dig in. Hey friend, are you a people-pleasing, conflict-avoiding leader? Is your secret relationship with fear affecting your leadership decisions? Do you want to learn how to build credibility and confidence or to navigate difficult conversations? Do you long to manage your time without sacrificing your family or self-care? Welcome to Leadership Becomes Her. I'm Becky Burrows, your host and a minister and life and leadership coach with over 50 years experience in leadership. Now, I firmly believe God has given you everything you need to lead well. You have the toolbox. You just need to learn how to use the tools. So get comfy or start a mindless task. You know how to pause or rewind if you need to. Let's get started. Welcome to episode two. I entitled this episode, When You Lack the Confidence to Get It Done. Because we can all identify areas in which we wish we had more confidence. It may be work-related, something that your job expects or requires that you know you're not very good at. It could be at home, something that you think a wife or a mother should be good at, but you're not. Maybe it's a change you desire in your life or your work or your future, but you have no idea where to get started or how to get it done. It is very, very common to lack confidence in certain areas. As we talk about confidence in leadership, I'm going to begin with a working definition of confidence. Now, 
In full disclosure, I am a certified word nerd. I love words. I love to look them up and see various definitions. I even love the origins of words. In fact, on my phone, in photos interspersed with hundreds of photos of my grandchildren, you would see screenshots of word definitions. This obsession with words started when I was a child, and I would ask my mom what a word meant, and her response was always the same. Look it up. Look it up. It was time-consuming and sometimes really hard because I didn't always know how to spell the word I was looking up in that ginormous dictionary. But you know what happened? I not only got really good at looking things up, I became interested in learning not only what the word meant, but how it came to mean that, all the ways it could be used, and even the origin of the word. Thanks, Mom, for giving me a skill I didn't know I would use so much in life. And thanks, smartphone, for making it so easy for me to look up words now. So let's break the word down. Confidence. Con means with, and fid comes from the Latin word fidere, which means trust. So confidence means with trust. If I have confidence in you, I trust you. I trust that you are who you say you are. I trust that you will do what you say you will do. If I have self-confidence, then I trust myself. Now, in a later episode, we're going to talk about credibility, which, like confidence, is a foundational pillar of leadership. Credible comes from the Latin word credere, which means to believe or to trust. So when I am credible, when my leadership is credible, others believe in me or trust me to lead. So often we focus on others liking us as leaders, but sometimes in doing so, in our efforts to be liked, we lose credibility or believability or trust because we are so focused on being liked that we're not doing the things that make us credible. And I'm going to focus uh, in a later episode entirely on credibility. But let's get back to confidence, especially confidence in leadership. This is when you trust your leadership. Now, I want you to think about the things that cause you to trust your leadership. Maybe it's your education. Maybe it's your expertise or your experience that tell you that you are an effective leader. And each of those things, and certainly all combined, can give or develop your confidence in yourself. For example, a first-year teacher with a degree in education who has done student teaching knows that she can lead a classroom. She has more knowledge and more education than her students. She has a measure of confidence, but she does not have nearly the confidence that she will have years later when she has developed expertise based on her experience in the classroom. But even with education, experience, and expertise, there's, there will still be areas where she will lack confidence. When I was a principal in a Christian school, I observed teachers who would confidently teach a classroom full of students, but all confidence flew out the window whenever they had to meet with parents because it required a different skill set, and they didn't have near the experience with that skill set that they had daily teaching students. I've seen this a lot in the nonprofit world. Sometimes, let's say a woman 
starts a nonprofit because of a need that she sees and a passion she has to meet that need. She goes through all the steps to create the nonprofit, eager to get on with interacting with the people she will serve, only to realize that as the director, her time will be spent with the CPA, the development person who has to raise funds, the board of trustees, and her employees. And she realizes that her job is largely administrative and everyone is looking to her to lead this important work. Secretly, all she wants to do is interact with the people they serve. But what she is being called upon to do is use skills she's never had the training or opportunity to develop. I see this a lot with women in ministry. Some women in ministry have degrees in ministry. Many do not. I know women in ministry who instead have degrees in education, art, finance, school administration, and theater. How did they get in ministry? There was a need, and they felt the call to serve God in a church. Their experience in the workforce helps, as does natural giftedness. But in both women with degrees in ministry and women who came from other disciplines, they realize they are in a way, handicapped by a lack of training in leadership. And that is a confidence killer. So what do they do? They try to make up for their lack of leadership skills by outworking everyone under their leadership, sincerely believing that their job is to work the hardest, work the longest, because they're the leader. But that's not leadership. That is a recipe for burnout. Besides, if you're leading and no one is following, you're just taking a walk. Leadership is about influence. It's about responsibility. You taking responsibility to do what only you can do and then delegating the other responsibility to others based on role description and giftedness. Leadership is about developing those under your leadership. As the leader, it's your job to cast the vision, to communicate the culture This is who we are about. This is what matters to us. And the climate. This is how we want it to feel to work here. As the leader, it's your job to get to know your team, their giftedness, their limitations, what they enjoy doing, what comes easily for them, their goals and their aspirations. It's your job to design their workload with those things in mind so that they will want to come to work. As the leader, it's your job to delegate tasks based on those things. Now, we all have tasks in our job that are life-sucking. The key is to have more life-giving than life-sucking tasks in your workload. The leader who thinks she is helping by taking the most and the hardest tasks for herself simply because she is the leader is actually failing to develop those under her leadership. She is missing the opportunity to empower them. When I was in school to become certified as a school administrator, they referred to school administration as managing by walking around, meaning that as principal, do not spend the school day stuck behind your desk. Walk the halls, pop into the classrooms, be a presence. Now, this causes students to be on their best behavior and teachers to make the most of class time. Let's say the principal walked into a classroom and saw something lacking. Maybe the teacher is not teaching effectively or not managing the classroom well. Should the principal take over because she knows she can do it faster or better? If that is what she chooses to do, it may get the job done in the moment. But at what cost? 
by choosing to exert her leadership publicly instead of privately working with the teacher to develop her skills, she will have effectively removed the teacher's credibility in the eyes of the students. She will have missed an opportunity to develop or empower a teacher. In ministry, there's often an invisible divide between the ministry and the support staff. The leader, the minister who flies by the seat of her pants, assigning tasks to the support staff at the last minute, often does so with no regard to how long it will take the support staff to complete the task. The support staff know that their jobs depend on supporting the work of ministry, so they often do not feel like they have a voice. They do not feel empowered to say, I would love to do that task that you need for Sunday, but it will take me at least a day, and I have only two hours of work left this week. So instead, they accept the assignment and work evenings and weekends off the clock and then wonder why they feel unappreciated and disrespected. Meanwhile, the minister is oblivious to the tension in the room, or because she can function at the last minute, she assumes the staff person can, because after all, she could have said no and she didn't. This is a huge misunderstanding between ministry and support staff. I have worked with many ministers who will ask support to do anything thinking, well, they can always say no, but many support staff feel they cannot say no. It would cost them their job. So when I talk about leadership in churches, I am including support staff who the church sees as leaders, whether they see themselves that way or not. I also include what I call high-capacity volunteers. Oh, churches that have these are so fortunate. These are volunteers who see a need and have a passion to fill that need. And as a volunteer, they may oversee the women's ministry or the greeting ministry or the kitchen ministry and countless others simply as a volunteer but they accept the responsibility as if they were being paid to do so. Now, maybe you see yourself in some of the scenarios I have painted. If so, join the club. The truth is that confidence in leadership is a journey. It is not a destination. The areas in which you have confidence simply means that you are further along in the journey in those areas. So I want to give you a bit of homework, basically something to think about. I want you to think about the strength and the weakness of your leadership. So pause this for a moment if you need to, but I want you to think about and even list the areas in which you have confidence to lead and areas in which you lack confidence to lead. It may be your people skills. Maybe you are an introvert who struggles getting to know those under your leadership or those you serve. Maybe you're an extrovert and you have a tendency to dominate conversations. What about your communication skills? Maybe you struggle one-on-one -on -one or in front of large groups of people. Maybe your speaking skills are fine, but you're not, you have trouble getting your thoughts on paper. You struggle to find the word to write, or you say way too much and you're not comfortable with others editing your work. Maybe it's financial. As the leader, you have financial responsibilities, but maybe you lack a deep understanding of how it all works, especially for nonprofits. Maybe the financial terms throw you, or you find yourself butting heads with the CPA convinced that he does not understand ministry. Is it time management? Maybe you find yourself with too many tasks left at the end of the day or the week. Are you the one who delegates at the last minute, or do you try to do it all yourself? Do you lack systems to keep you organized? Maybe it's managing people or role descriptions, giftedness, 
delegating tasks, providing trainings, casting a vision, understanding the steps to make the vision a reality, understanding logistics, creating teams. Maybe it's being consistent. Is it using your voice? Do you know when to speak and when not to? Do you feel empowered to offer your thoughts? Do you feel that your opinion is valued by those over you? Have you empowered those under you to use their voices? Is it having the hard conversations? Do you avoid conflict, convincing yourself that you are a peacemaker? Or are you defensive so others avoid having the hard conversations with you? And maybe there are some other areas that you can think of. We like to think about those areas in which we feel confident, and we tend to ignore those areas in which we don't. My encouragement to you is to celebrate those areas where you have confidence. And in the areas in which you don't, determine which need to be developed so that you can be a confident leader and which need to be done by someone else who is gifted in that particular area so that you can focus on doing those things that can only be done by you. And for those items that need to be done by someone else because they are gifted to do it and you're not, please don't make it about you. Rather than saying, can you do this spreadsheet for me? I'm terrible at spreadsheets. Say, I'd like for you to create a spreadsheet for this. I love how your spreadsheets look. Or something that communicates that you're not giving them the task because you are terrible at it, but because they are good at it. So today, I've just laid some groundwork for the foundational pillar of confidence in leadership. And next week, we're going to build on that, as well as take a look at what confident leaders do. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me. We'll talk soon. It is my prayer that this podcast inspired you, blessed you, or made you think. If so, please share it with a friend, subscribe, and please leave a review. Hey, I want to connect with you. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Send me a DM or email me at hello at beckyburrows.com. If you are a Christian woman who leads and you are interested in one of my leadership boot camps for women in ministry, this is a four-week workshop, or becoming part of a Kairos cohort year-long group coaching, send me a DM or an email for more information. We'll talk soon.